Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. LinkedIn is my favorite social network, and it's a valuable platform to connect, learn, and share. Over the past 10 years of using it, I've built up over 10,000 really important and vital connections, many of whom I know through work, but also others who I haven't met in person, but are part of my sector and operate right across the world. More than ever, leaders have a responsibility to show up online and share their knowledge because people are using social media to seek out news and information. Developing your social media footprint is also important as a public sector leader, especially if you are intent on managing your online reputation. So coming up in the show, I explore the opportunities to lead from the front in your organization, in your sector, and among your peer group on LinkedIn. Why LinkedIn is the perfect platform for public sector leaders, top tactics to be an authoritative voice, on the platform, and I speak to Margot Ling, founder of TCP Growth, an executive coach and communications consultant, and former Twitter executive based in Hong Kong. In today's column, I'm sharing why LinkedIn is the perfect platform for leaders. Let's start off with your employees. They are there. When I follow a government or a public sector agency on LinkedIn and I see how many employees are there, I right away see the opportunity for employee advocacy. Now, I will often say to leaders, why should you expect employees to advocate for you on their personal LinkedIn profiles if you are not leading from the front and showing up there? It's also a great way to communicate and send messages to your employee. And I recognize the CEO of Ireland's National Health Service, Paul Reed, doing this frequently during the pandemic, addressing his employees in video messages and published on LinkedIn. Secondly, why is LinkedIn the perfect platform for leaders? Well, it's where you can illustrate and display organization culture. We're currently living through the great resignation. It is increasingly difficult for government and public sector to attract talent. The private sector are also in recruitment mode. So you really have to step up and really show that working in public service and choosing it as a career is a meaningful thing to do. So engage in storytelling and really lean into that employee advocacy opportunity on LinkedIn. LinkedIn say that when an employee talks about their employer, the organization where they work, work, it increases visibility and engagement by over 600%. So using employee advocacy as a strategy is great for company culture. Number three, your peers are there. So those who you work with directly in your own organization, other stakeholders in other government agencies and funding bodies, uh, in policy and in politics, 
but also peers from across the world. It's a great way to network and find out how other jurisdictions are dealing with the digital day challenges of operating in government and public sector. Number four, I would say that just to remind you that your content on LinkedIn, including your personal profile, is indexed on Google. So this is a great way to manage your online reputation. If you haven't Googled yourself already, whip out your phone and go and do it now. And ideally what you should be seeing is the website where you are employed coming up and then your LinkedIn profile coming up. You want to try and own and manage that reputation piece. Number five, and Margot touches on this in our interview, which is coming up, corporate communications sits perfectly on LinkedIn. And so it's a, a comfortable and a safe place for senior leaders to go. And I would definitely find that it's a really positive place to hang out. And people very much value authoritative content. They're very very much welcome senior leaders giving opinion and also endorsing others work so make sure that you lean into that corporate comms opportunity on linkedin the algorithm on linkedin is wonderful uh, we don't have the battles on linkedin that we may experience on other social networks i find it really easy to get to be discovered and also to find other uh, professionals that i want to connect with if you think about how they use hashtags, you think about Boolean search, and you also think about it being ultimately the biggest people database in the world. It really is a, a wonderful social network. Number seven, I want to call out the opportunity for niche content. LinkedIn is built on the interests graph. So we are connecting with each other based on a shared interest. So if you are doing your outreach on LinkedIn and you are connecting, and as we know, we can connect with up to 100 people a week on LinkedIn, we are searching based on their job title, on the industry that they are working in, or indeed maybe the organization. So it's very easy to find. The other thing that I would say is that you can post on LinkedIn three times a week and you could have visibility for seven days. So a post on LinkedIn has a lifespan of three full days. Finally, I really do think that it's easy to grow your influence there and growing it in an authentic way. Remember, everything I teach here and everything that I'm a proponent of comes from a place of authenticity, transparency, building up trust, and everything being in the public interest. So if you haven't reviewed your LinkedIn profile in a while, then maybe now is the time to do it. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. We are only three connections away from connecting to anyone in the world if they are on LinkedIn, such is the power of the platform. The opportunity to outreach to peers and colleagues has never been easier, and that's exactly why we are there. But if you want to supercharge your LinkedIn profile and increase your authority and position yourself as a government or public sector leader in Ireland or beyond, then here are four tactics that I'm introducing to you today. The first one 
is articles. So articles are long form content, they're almost like blog posts. And we see some of the most followed people on LinkedIn, like Shan Horn, like a Stephen Bartlett, a using articles and writing weekly articles. And when you write an article, you are really intending to have a deeper conversation and espouse more of what you know, rather than just posting and going. So it really demonstrates a strong intention to being there and being there for the right reasons. Following on from articles are newsletters. So your articles can create newsletters. This is a relatively new feature from LinkedIn. I've tested that feature and within a month, I gained over two and a half thousand subscribers to the newsletter. So what I do is I write an article, it sits under my three social media wins newsletter. And when somebody subscribes to your newsletter, it goes to their email inbox. So it is connected to their own email that they use to register for LinkedIn. So you're getting beyond the LinkedIn presence. You're actually getting into the inbox of those people that you want to influence. And this is a great opportunity for CEOs, directors, heads of departments, communications managers to set up a newsletter, even twice a month, two to 300 words, pick one topic, share your views, share your opinions, and then send it off and maybe staff will sign up for it. Something that I noticed on LinkedIn, it's quite smart. How do you get subscribers? So I wasn't proactive in promoting my LinkedIn newsletter. Yeah, I shared it on uh, as a post on my LinkedIn profile. But what I noticed is that LinkedIn is actually sending notifications to all of your connections and followers and inviting people to subscribe on your behalf. So you don't even have to promote it. The third tactic that I am promoting today is live streaming. So if you haven't already turned on creator mode on your LinkedIn profile, please do that. That then gives you access to live streaming. As we know, live streaming is a great way to build deeper connections, to build up that trust and authority. And it is about you showing up. And you could turn this into a monthly Q&A. You could spend the month creating questions from staff or potential staff, and then live streaming once a month and providing those answers. And finally, leaning into social audio and mirroring what the other social networks are doing, LinkedIn now have audio rooms. So audio rooms are almost like podcasting or radio. It's all about uh, the power of social audio. So you can create a room, invite people in, and you guys can have a conversation about a particular topic. Uh, LinkedIn, as I said at the beginning of the show, is my favorite social network. I hang out there every day, and I really appreciate the new features that it's brought to its users over the past number of months and over the past year. So if you're not leveraging any of these new tactics, talk to your comms team and let me know if you launch any of them. In today's episode, I want to introduce you to our brand new knowledge product, and it's called Social Media Done For You. 
think of it as like social media in a box all the tools, strategies, and policies that you would need to implement great social media within your government or public sector agency. We've just released it on our website, publicsectormarketingpros.com, and you have lifetime access. And this includes any updates that I make to the resources. So what can you expect? Well, you have a template social media strategy. You have a range of social media policies. You have a 365-day inspiration calendar for social media. You also have checklists when it comes to hashtags, social and live video, auditing of your social platforms. And you also have template graphic designs that we have created in Canva, and all of these come with tutorial videos. So if you want our social media done for you product, go ahead, check it out on our website. And really, the price is amazing. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In today's episode, I'm joined by Margot Ling from Hong Kong. She is the founder of TCP Growth. She set up that company in 2016 to facilitate international business communications and multinational remote team collaborations through workshops and webinars. I actually met Margot on LinkedIn and she outreached to me in the first instance. And since then, we've had a number of conversations. Margot's superpowers are coaching and media consulting to empower her clients to achieve greater success and to communicate effectively. She's a former executive on Twitter. She's a dynamic business development executive with a solid track record in clinching numerous well-known China inbound and outbound deals. In this conversation, we talk about the role of LinkedIn on senior executive leadership profiles and also some tactics that senior leaders should be leveraging right now. Margot, thank you so much for joining me on the show. You're very welcome. Thank you, Joanne, for inviting me to this show. I'm a fan of your show, so thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine. Well, listen, we met on LinkedIn and it's only right that we talk about LinkedIn and the role of LinkedIn in terms of senior executives. But tell us about your extensive work with senior executives around the world. Okay, that's an interesting question. Actually, I've been uh, working with uh, senior executives in uh, as a business consultant and also an executive coach um, for media and communications and cross-cultural training since 2016. And prior to that, I worked in Twitter. So um, I had to work, uh, you know, very often with the senior executives and also like public figures um, on social media and communication. So that's uh, pretty much my experience uh, with them. And and as I'm an advocate for growth mindset, like uh, CQ, have you heard of a CQ? It's like cultural intelligence and also media tech. I often use these tools to uh, try to inspire them inside the senior executives on how to use the you know ever evolving and emerging uh, digital technologies with communication tactics and the right mindset. So it's very interesting and it's a very rewarding role that I have. 
So what I would say is we have a lot in common in terms of our own ethos when it comes to visibility online. We see the value. We both are proponents of trust and transparency. And we also recognize that the voice of the public and the citizen is important in that digital conversation. But in your experience with the senior executives that you work with, both in private and in public sector, are they leaning more into their online visibility in a post-pandemic world? And I understand that right now in, in Hong Kong, you guys are still in, in public health restrictions. Yes, actually, the pandemic, although it's, uh, you know, um, driving a lot of like negative things in, in the world, but actually is really facilitating the digital ad uh, adoption, um, especially uh, what we call is online presence and how to use online or social media to uh, build your what we call is leadership credibility um, and how to engage with people, especially the people that um, I engage with or I, I train um, are these uh, senior executives in corporations and also they uh, are civil servants and they really need to embrace that because before that there were, I would say, quite a lot of resistance, especially um, those generations who are a little bit further away from Generation Z and, and there's a social media, direct communication. No, 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 no. I need to hire my team. But I found that it's really facilitating and catalyzing the whole process. And people were, um, I got more questions on um, actually how to do that. Uh, we, we, we decided to do it. It's no longer saying that I'm deciding to, um, you know, create a page, but uh, asking more questions on the how. Um, so I think that's a huge difference um, three years ago um, and now. And, you know, as coaches and as teachers, we have to be practitioners. So we have to show up online and lead from the front if we are expecting our clients to follow suit. So how do you lead online and what's your own LinkedIn strategy? LinkedIn, you know, to a lot of um, the executives or even myself, it is like a breeding ground for thought leaders. Um, there are a lot of different, a lot of different social media platforms. I, I'm very familiar with Twitter. It's for pretty much for news and Facebook. Everyone knows that it's like a big cafe, you know, with all the interest in Instagram, beautiful photos. But LinkedIn, um, you know, um, although maybe ten years ago or when when it started, um, it was uh, people use it as a place to find um, uh, jobs or recruiters look for candidates. But now it's developed to be a platform for B two B a lot, and I always always found that this is a uh, all the feedback that I got from the executives that this is the safest place that they start with social media conversation um, because they feel that it's more um, uh, professional it's more for the professional and work related and 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 the people that they follow are mostly the, the people give them inspiration or work tips and and how to basically do better in their career so so that's why there's an also demand and supply and there will be more more people willing to be, you know, using this tool to create their thought leadership or, or to share um, their, their insights. Um, so, you know, when talk about thought leadership, you know, I always think that it's LinkedIn. So when you go to LinkedIn, think about that. This is maybe this is the ultimate goal that we, you want to drive. Um, but I think in short, besides all these very technical, 
technical tips on, you know, which tools and which functions, you know, I'm sure that Joanne knows much better than me, but I feel that there are three main things that people need to um, remember. Um, when you use it firstly you need to really have the drive to use it because i i think everything any tool um any social media thing because it keeps changing if you don't have the drive to use it your your innate motivation to use it you know maybe you use it like a week or two and then okay not much responses and then you just forget about it so the most important thing is you need to have a drive and and you have to make sure that this is a um you know this is to bring values to the community so you you need to have the community mindset saying that you are joining a community and you have the drive to contribute to the community i think that's number 1 and number 2 is that um i think is that uh, you need to have a strategy, you know, it's like when now the executives start to ask why, you know, they want to, but they, they need to know the strategy and how, and, and, but every few months there are new things, right? There, there's new function, there is a new way to have advertising. So you have to really have the growth mindset. I, I'm sure like Joanne, you share this strongly with me, the growth mindset, part. you have to keep trying and keep learning and digital, you might test something, you might post something, okay, this kind of content doesn't work and maybe the other type of content works so you need to try and then the third one is um, the action you know you, you you want to do it and then you know how to do it but you don't do it or or you do it in a way that you are not clear you know people see you all the time but they don't know what you're talking about um, and not regular and people will easily forget you so you have to plan your action and be very consistent in your message um, and that's my strategy and my strategy is also one more point is um, you have to lead by example you have to show that you're doing if you don't do it and then you're trying to be a thought leader or advocate for LinkedIn for other executives Obviously, other people will not follow because they say like, you're you're not doing it. Why do I have to use it, right? <laughs> and so LinkedIn has also developed itself as a market leader in terms of social selling. And I know this is the public sector marketing show, and our listeners are saying, Joanne, why are you asking this question? But I truly believe that the whole concept of social selling that is finding its feet across all social networks can really be translated into public interest messaging and senior leadership within government and public sector because we're all selling ourselves because as humans, we have the technology, but why we still have a relevant role is that emotional intelligence, that leadership, that lived experience that inspires somebody or introduces you to somebody like how we met and said, hey, I think we can collaborate. So. As a social selling platform, are you seeing that your colleagues, your coaches, executives are are leaning into that opportunity? Absolutely. Um, I think if I, I if I invite them to go to the other platforms, they might have some hesitation. But usually LinkedIn, they'll be more open to that because LinkedIn is clearly a B2B platform and people make connections there. So um, and for for example, like executives, even you're working in a corporation within a corporation, you don't have to drive business by yourself. But then networking is a very important thing. You might want to, to have a conversation with another person in another company but with a similar type of function you want to get some insights or you know what's the trend then it's a good way to just go to linkedin and find people with common interest and if you're a little bit shy start with like private messaging and send them it's like i message you the first time right so it's like sending messages and get to know the person and it's a very safe place and 
um, and I think the take up is pretty good. Um, um, again, especially the pandemic is here, it's still here, and and people can't go to these conferences and and this breakfast meeting. So this is perfect. And so, what other marketing platforms do you think go hand in hand and complement LinkedIn? Wow. Speaking of marketing platforms, if we talk about international, of course, you know, if B2C, um, a lot of people is like Instagram, you know, because it's so beautiful. You can, you know, like even film something boring in a very beautiful way. So um, Instagram and there's a lot of direct sales opportunities there and Facebook is doing that as well. But one point that I want to um, also bring it up here in this show, um, as I'm a cross-border practitioner, is that some countries, um, for example, in mainland China, China, um, they can't uh, access to uh, platforms like uh, LinkedIn or Instagram, you know, Facebook so easily, but they have their own digital ecosystem. So when people you want to uh, do sales uh, or even sell your ideas, you might need to think about what that particular country's uh, uh, media regulations and which platform is the most popular one, then you might need to think about uh, what is the best strategy uh, for using that platform to do the sales because sales you, you you need to have the ROI so there um, the research can definitely help you to you know save some time and is WeChat the predominant uh, social ecosystem then in in mainland China good question now WeChat is a big name. Huh? WeChat has a lot of different tools because it's under a big umbrella called Tencent. Um, but um, there are a lot of emerging um, platforms. And I'm sure like internationally, there is a very well-known one called TikTok. And TikTok's a mother company um, uh, by dance. And actually there is a um, Chinese version of TikTok. It's called Douyin. Uh, Douyin uh, is very big there. And uh, so besides WeChat, Douyin is very big and video focus and there's another one called Bilibili uh, there's another one called Xiao Hongshu okay it's a little bit uh, diff <laughs> difficult to pronounce for a non-Mandarin speaker but there, there are a lot of new ones but one key um, takeaway from me is that in mainland China is very much short video focused so if you are trying to uh, bring your strategy um, into places like mainland China you really you know, you're not only uh, have to consider which platform you need to use you also need to study what type of like consumer behavior what is the communication styles that they have then you use the right form of content and that will make your sales much more efficient Fantastic. And how are leaders adapting in a post-pandemic world? And again, I acknowledge that perhaps a post-pandemic world is a maybe a little bit uh, premature, but how do you think their thinking and their action in terms of digital communications has shifted? Yeah, as you said, it's not like don't know when the post pandemic you know will happen but you know we are working really along with you know the involvement and and you know the development of the pandemic but the trend shows that in the past few years firstly the digital tools pick up take up rate is much much higher so because of that the change of people's communications behavior whether they are consuming uh content whether they are um communication like business communications or like like now we are having this live and podcast it becomes a a default 
a default way of communication. So as leaders, you're leading teams and teams are people and people's behavior have changed and their preferences have changed. So maybe, you know, on, on the leadership side of things, we have to factor in and, and take this into consideration and how are we going to uh, use this new phenomenon to, um, uh, uh, you know, for our organization um, uh, type of design and also what type of training people need and what type of a setting people need. And there's a buzzword i mean um your show also talk about is a remote setting uh people needs to work in a remote setting a hybrid setting and they need to be um uh, embraced with um digital tools uh, there's a different type of digital tools and uh not only like zoom and and teams and there are different more like how you work better or even now i come across something uh like metaverse type of meeting rooms so i think leaders needs to be more aware on the um, uh, technology side of things. Plus, because of there, there will be less geographical boundaries now because of the digital um, reach. So there might be different cultures of people maybe joining your team. So the cross-cultural communications and and the uh, the confidence for your team needs to be higher um, to minimize conflicts and to work better. So I think cross-cultural competencies and also the digital literacy um, will be uh, uh, two of the most important uh, skills that people needs to think about. And if we can touch for a moment in the, the public sector landscape um, where you are, and you know we, we talk a lot about this off the record and, and just because we have a shared interest, you know, it's always my inclination that public interest messaging is something that can transfer across borders and across continents. Um, and I know that you watch what's happening in the Western world and you're there and you are influencing uh, in Hong Kong and um, wider afield. Um, do you think there are a lot of similarities or are there major differences that, that we can learn from 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 your experience? Um, you mean the way that like uh, people use the digital tools to do like diplomacy or reaching out to other nations? I, I think the core um, are quite similar, like you representing your, your, your country, your city, and you want to drive more business. I think the, the, the core purpose will be very similar. But then I think the way to uh, use communication, the way of communication might be slightly different um, in, in terms of like um, uh, what type of format they want to use or what, or, or the uh, spokesperson that they uh, want to, uh, um, you know, um, uh, train or select. And, and the process might be quite different. And what my observation um, is like in, in the Eastern side, and I will only say, you know, the, the areas I'm more familiar with, it is still in the very beginning to use um, digital tools to do uh, what we call digital diplomacy, which I think digital diplomacy um, or this topic is more mature um, in the uh, West. I think it's also alongside with the emergence of these platforms and these platforms are starting from the West. So um, this is in the process in, in Asia. Um, and I see that it will be getting better and better. And, and they, this will be a platform for um, nation leaders or diplomats to have more conversations together. So looking ahead um, into 2022 and perhaps beyond into 2023 and the years are just flying by, um, 
Where do you think we are going to go from a communications perspective? Is it that we're just going to get deeper and extra capacity among teams? Or do you think that digital first comms is actually going to be the the norm? I think it has to be go hand in hand. So Joanne, if I understand your question correctly, I hear is, you know, I hear two elements in this. One is the technology element. And then another element is the people element. And I strongly believe that these two has to go hand in hand. If the technology is really advanced, I mean, now everyone is talking about AI, right? Like uh, artificial intelligence, everything is automated. But then without people, um, uh, uh, you know, understanding how to use it and without the teams embracing it, technology is no life. So so I think um, in the coming years, uh, it will be, uh, there'll be more development on, you know, the, on people's um, uh, understanding deeper on how to use technology and what are the boundaries, like where can they go like people talk about privacy a lot people talk about how uh, safety i think um in the past few years we focus a lot on the technology so the te- technology development was like that but now i think it's time for people um knowledge to catch up on how to use these um do you agree <laughs> This is my biggest takeaway from this interview. And actually, you've you've kind of humbled me because I get caught up in the technology conversations with my clients and students because that's where their fear is. And not enough do we put the focus on the individual and the people and say, without the, the people, technology can't do anything. And so that coaching aspect that I know that you bring um, is super important. So that's been a wonderful takeaway. And I totally agree. But you've also reminded me to to put the, the, the people more in front and not just focus on the technology because, as you said, they go hand in hand. Okay, final question. What is your favorite type of project to work on um, in the digital age with executive coaches? What What do you love working on? Well, I am a divergent thinker. There are a lot of things that I like to work on, but I think um, my passion is very much on the cross-cultural um, diplomacy side. So if we can use technology, like obviously it is now the social media and the digital media can bring people together um, and, and drive more meaningful conversations and positive conversations. And I think if any projects related to that, with that mission, I am in. (laughs) Margot, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And again, thank you for reaching out to me on LinkedIn. And we've had numerous conversations since that initial uh, DM. But where can people find you? Because they've definitely got to check out your work. Because again, your work is global. It's cross-cultural and um, very important work. Um, where, where, where are you directing people to go and find out more about you? Thank you so much, Joanne. And uh, I'm so glad that we've met on LinkedIn. So maybe um, Joanne's fans try, try to connect with uh, people on LinkedIn. Maybe you will have another interview like that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Margot Ling, all the way from Hong Kong, thank you so much for joining me. And I'll talk to you soon, probably on LinkedIn. 
Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In today's show, I'm sharing two free resources with you. The first is an upcoming webinar and aptly it is on LinkedIn for leaders. This is part of our free monthly CPD series. So go ahead and check out publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash webinars. Also a reminder that you still have time to sign up for our other free webinar and it is going remote in public sector, what you need to know and how you can convince your employer or your organization that going remote has its benefits for them. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to the Public Sector Marketing Show. I show up for you every week. What you could do for me is share this episode or indeed this podcast with a public sector pro that you know. And if you haven't already, the reviews always help me with increased discoverability. So from me, for now, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform.